Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Jamika Martin, founder of Rosen Skincare, customized solutions for breakout needs. Rosen is on a mission to make the acne space cleaner by taking a clinical approach to formulas fueled by modern research. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Jamika Martin of Rosen Skincare. Jamika, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Of course. Um, so, where would you say that, or what would you say your childhood was like, and where did you grow up? Yeah, um, I grew up in a, a fairly small town um, on the central coast of California called Paso Robles. Um, we're like right between LA and San Francisco, mostly known for like our wine. Um, but most people, if you're not from California, don't really know where where Cal or where Paso Robles is. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I very similar to I think like any kind of like small town feel growing up. Um, kind of ran free reign, you know, throughout the town. Um, known the same kids from like kindergarten to high school, and so it was a good time. Um, I enjoyed it. You know, a lot of my family's there. A lot of my cousins cousins are there. So um, it was just like a very you know communal feel in in some places, and, and, and in some ways not um, not you know the most diverse town. And so mm -hmm. there were there. That I think growing up that I always wanted to you know leave and go to the city and, and kind of get out of there but um it's definitely still home I still have a ton of family there and so mm. it was it was a good time and and I spent a lot I spent a lot of time there and then after that I did go to um college in LA so kind of have been in California most of my life until like a year ago I just moved out to Austin oh wow amazing so uh, growing up, would you say you had an entrepreneurial mindset, uh, say lemonade stands or selling products? Yeah, um, no, I, for sure. I definitely did. And, and I think it was interesting, like getting into doing Rosen, like realizing how full circle it was, because I never really thought of it that way. Um, my parents were always very entrepreneurial, more in like a service like oriented like sense, like landscaping, house cleaning, things like that. And so I was very familiar with kind of like doing your own thing to make money and make ends meet. But I think um, the thought of like making a product and selling it was like a little bit more foreign to me mm -hmm. um, when it came to like a business and a career. I think I always like just thought of it as like a side hustle, like me and my cousin would do a bunch of stuff to try to make money, whether it's like t-shirts or trying to make jewelry or all these different things um, that I was always doing in like elementary school and middle school. So I definitely always had that. And then I think even going into college, I would think about different ideas a lot, but I just never acted on them. Um, mm. And I always say like, for whatever reason, Rosen was the thing that I acted on, probably because I have the most passion about this concept because I dealt with acne so much growing up. Mm. Um, but I've always always tossed around ideas, some I played with, and then some I just kind of like sat on and, and never did anything with. Yeah, gotcha. So uh, you mentioned you went to LA for school, uh, UCLA. I'm curious, uh, what did you end up studying there? Yeah, my major was business economics. Um, I started a minor in environmental systems and society, which is basically just kind of like, how can we like, you know, hopefully bring in cleaner and greener practices into like a lot of like business like methods. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up dropping that minor when I realized I could graduate early without it. So I, I dropped it my last year and then ended up taking like some entrepreneurship courses at UCLA, but I never did the full minor. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, with your time there, were you involved with any athletics or uh, clubs? Uh, no. Well, I actually, it's so funny. I was just talking about this the other day. I tried out for the rowing team for like a few weeks when I first got <laughs> there. Um, I think because like it's hard for them to recruit because not a lot of kids row in high school. And yeah, I, 
thought about it. I never rode, but I, you know, they were kind of like wanting me to do it and I didn't end up doing it because I just like did not have the passion for it. But um, <laughs> I, you know, my main kind of clubs, um, I was involved in like uh, mixed student union and then African student union for the most part. Um, and then startup UCLA is like a, a program on campus that I was lightly involved in. And then I did an accelerator with them when I graduated, which was like, really huge for like the early stages of Rosen. And so those mm. were kind of my main things I had going on. Definitely. Um, that accelerated. I would like to kind of elaborate off of that. Um, a lot of my guests, my previous guests who've mentioned, they've, they built their companies out of school, uh, mm -hmm. a certain club, entrepreneurship club. What kind of impact did that have on the future of Rosen? And what did you do exactly with that program? Yeah. 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 No, I would say between that program, I took a few entrepreneurship courses, but um, one of them was the most notable where we kind of like would build a business and then we like did a pitch, you know, and all that stuff at the end. Um, and I was working on Rosen at the time. And I'm like, hey, I'm kind of already doing this. You guys want to like do this for the class? And they agreed. So kind of just got to like make a pitch for my own thing that I was building. But both of those were incredibly impactful, I think, for me to understand this concept of like differentiation and scale and like equity. Like I learned about like equity for the first time, like right before I graduated college um, mm. and just like all of these concepts that I think, especially as like an entrepreneur now, like I take for granted and are very like, you know, just like talk about it like all the time. But there's, you know, for me, I was like, I didn't know what any of that stuff was. Mm. And so I think for me, those programs were super helpful to kind of get out of this like, almost like like crafty farmer's market kind of stage of like, hey, I make these products and I sell them. But this idea of like, what does it mean to scale a company? Like I am an entrepreneur because I always thought for me, entrepreneur was still like tech focused when I was like going through it. And so I was like, am I an entrepreneur? Even though, you know, I'm making products. And so it was like just really putting like the bones to what I was doing and really helping like build that foundation for scale and growth. And yeah really challenged my mindset. And so I think those were the biggest things. And then of course, kind of like, I think with any like accelerator or program is like the network and the mentors and the people that you can lean on and ask questions to. And there's a lot of folks that I met like in that program that I still, you know, keep in contact with till this day. Mm -hmm. And so just learning how to like follow up and keep them in touch and like ask them, you know, for like appropriate help and things like that was, yeah. was huge for like building that foundation. Certainly. Uh, during this time period of your life, uh, were you working any jobs or were you fully pursuing Rosen in, at the Accelerator? Yeah. So I graduated in June um, and the Accelerator started like, right, I think it was like a couple weeks later. Okay. Um, during those first few weeks, I was just in the Accelerator. I think we got a stipend. I want to say it was either like five or $10,000. And I pretty much, I used it for Rosen, but I also used it to like help pay for like rent and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then once that program was over, it was like September, I believe it, it ended. Um, I was kind of going into like, okay, I don't have enough money to pay myself from Rosen. And I ended up babysitting and like tutoring for the whole kind of like first, like rest of the first year. So like when it hit summer again, when the kids went out for school, I was paying myself by then about like a year after like I had launched. And so yeah. very minimally, like basically covering rent and like, that's it. But um, I just kind of like babysat in between until I could like pay myself. Mm, gotcha. So um, 2017, this is when Rosen uh, enters. If you can describe the inspiration behind uh, creating this product, and I know it's to solve an issue if you might have experienced in the past. Yeah, 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 for sure. So I um, dealt with acne prone skin for most of my life. I think I started breaking out in like fifth or sixth grade, super early. 
um, and just pretty severe breakouts. Um, and then I think also, like I mentioned, growing up, my hometown wasn't like very diverse. There weren't a lot of like people of color or, or you know, a lot of like black people there. And so I also dealt with really bad like scarring and hyperpigmentation. And I think it was like so much more difficult for me because like, nobody else I knew dealt with it. And so mm. it was just like a really impactful kind of journey of like hating my skin and like not knowing what to do with it. I did a lot of medications lot of treatments um and i ended up doing accutane twice once my senior year of high school and then once again my freshman year of college didn't help um which is kind of usually like the last ditch effort you know for a lot of people with acne prone skin it's like prescribing that you should be good for life unfortunately i wasn't um and so that was kind of like my journey with skin and skincare and it was always something very close to me i always felt very like I really care about skin. I really care about acne because I, I do feel like there was a lot of conversations around like, you know, yeah, like it's just acne, but it's also like it impacts people's mood and like how they feel about themselves. Definitely. So and so when I went into like Target um, right next to campus to get products after I started breaking out again, I just remember I was like really into clean beauty at that time. There's a lot of clean beauty brands popping up. This was like 2016. Um, and I was like, wow, it's like, the exact same products from when I was starting shopping like sixth grade, right? Like clean and clear and Neutrogena and a lot of these like older legacy brands. And I was like, I just feel like there's so much that can happen in this space. There's so many cool brands going on in beauty. And I felt like we could do it in acne. Um, and that's really what inspired the brand. It's like, how can we bring clean ingredients? Um, how can we, you know, still having this kind of like scientific approach of like, hmm. you know, there's so many studies around like tea tree oil or, or all these cool ingredients benzoyl peroxide is is a popular one but then you think of like zinc oxide or or things that might be a little bit cleaner that work for acne how can we bring that to the aisle and how can we bring that to the aisle in a way that resonates with the younger guest and is Mm. more like up-to-date and modern and so that's that's definitely yeah where the where the journey for roses started and it's been exciting to see i think the category as a whole grow and see so many people kind of like head that way and and really normalize that conversation and and you know make the brands a little bit funner and more Mm. approachable but that's definitely like where it started for me amazing uh what did that r d in the prototyping formulating process look like for you was that did you have formulating background or where did you go for that no yeah so i um i still to this day i formulate everything at rosen um i learned a lot of formulating stuff early on i did some independent kind of like coursework online um but really a big piece of developing a formula is kind of um one i'll research different ingredients on like their efficacy so like how effective is it for like hyperpigmentation or acne causing bacteria things like that um and then two you want to look at like you know percentage levels where is it safe to use like this ingredient in a formula and what ph should it live at things like that Mm -hmm. and then from there the bare bones of like formulating i always kind of relate to baking in the sense of like every ingredient in like a cake has its own like function right so it's like you wouldn't replace butter with like water like it's a fat so it's like you there's a certain amount of things that you can replace butter with or you know eggs or or things like that and so formulas are kind of the same or it's like you know you have your oils or you have uh humectants or emulsifier like all these different things that make up a formula and so learning those functions learning the percentages and the phs that they operate at was kind of like a lot of just trial and error and it Mm. Um, reminded me again, like of like making a recipe or making a cake from scratch. And so I played around with it a lot. And then I got to a place where I was like understanding 
the bones of like a moisturizer formula or a serum formula. And then I could understand how I can plug and play some of these ingredients that I was interested in that would ultimately be like actives, what's driving the results in the product um, and then testing it out from there. And so I did that um, just a ton of trial and error early on and formulas. The first formulas I developed were like so simple, um, just like very much like a handful of ingredients, you could mix it all together and make it, you know, like it wasn't yeah. like things up and doing all these different things. <laughs> so they were super simple early on, but it, that's definitely where I started. Um, and, and I'm glad I started that way because I think Certainly. now I have so much creativity and I can do so much with our formulas. Um, and frankly, early on, it, it made it so much easier to like make like 20 products at a time because I was Certainly. like not going to a manufacturer, you know. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, at launch then, how many products did you launch with and what were those products if you can recognize? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I launched with um, four skincare products. Uh, there were three masks and one rose water mist. We still have two of those today. So we had, we got rid of one of the masks early on and then um, our charcoal mask, we actually pulled like later last year, just a product that wasn't really turning at the rate we wanted it to and felt a little redundant to what we were doing with some of the other products. And so the tingling mud mask and our rosewater face dew are two products that we still carry um, and that we launched with. Um, and so those were kind of like our staples. And again, like pretty simple, pretty straightforward products with pretty uh, simple ingredients. Um, and then kind of like scaling it up from there and like building out the routine and, and like how we can hopefully fill everybody's like day to day at least. Certainly. Uh, so what would you say is the main marketing strategies? And I know you have a specific stance in the category of skincare. So uh, what is the, the voice as well for Rosen? Yeah, no, I are a big thing for us is really thinking about, especially now, like I kind of touched on, um, I think there's, you know, a handful of new brands in this cohort of like new next gen acne care. Like there's, it's not just the legacy players anymore. There's a handful of folks, if you walk into Target, you know, or you walk into like an Ulta where they're talking about acne in a new and innovative and fun way. And so what we're trying to do right now is continue to carve out our voice within that niche because just being a new acne brand, I don't think is necessarily enough to, to kind of stand out now, um, at least, you know, not for the best kind of like bang for your buck. And so we're really yeah. thinking about like, how are we really positioning within these next gen of acne brands um, to serve the needs that are still kind of like less represented. Um, and a big one for us right now is like hyperpigmentation and scarring. Um, and then from there out, you know, we really like this regimented routine and, and really, you know, kind of pulling from some of these traditional brands of um, simplicity, you know, not over, not launching too many SKUs, really keeping a routine focus. And so that's our big focus right now. Um, and of course, continuing to talk about, you know, acne and breakouts in a way that's normal because it is normal. Um, so many of us deal with it. And so just continue to make it feel, um, hopefully, you know, prideful to shop our products and, and shop within that aisle and, and less shameful as it did when I was younger. Um, and so that's definitely the approach that we take and, and the vision that I have for the brand. And I think right now we continue to flesh out what does that strategy look like, especially now that we're on shelves and, and also online, um, to be able to really get the message across as cleanly and concisely as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think voice-wise, you know, we we want to be almost like an, an, an older friend or sister or, or cousin that's like, you go to for advice, they're very accessible, they're very fun and they're very friendly, um, but they're not like super educational. You know, our brand isn't necessarily for like the skin intellectual. We're definitely yeah. something that's like 
you're on the go, you want something that works. You everybody, I think, is more skin savvy these days. But um, ultimately, like you don't need to get into the weeds, and we're just here to hopefully help lead those folks along the way. Definitely. Uh, overall, since launch and to now, what would you say is the main demographic? If you can depict that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Honestly, I would say right now, a big group of our customers tend to be, you know, like 18 to 26 year old women. Um, we, we do kind of like skew a little heavier on like the multicultural guests and we are leaning into that more now. Um, I think holistically we do serve, you know, acne and that's our biggest focus is like, do you have breakouts and like, hopefully we can help you on these different stages along your breakout journey because there's so many nuances to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where we're leaning right now. We do, we are working a lot this year to like, how do we continue to tap into like Gen Z and younger and like those kids who are like in middle school or high school and just like figuring out skincare in like a super simple and easy way. Um, of course, it's, it's hard to figure out how to reach them because they're so young, but yeah. that's something we're working on for sure this year. Amazing. Uh, so I was checking out the site and something that interested me was uh, your bottle buyback. If you can kind of explain from the customer's POV, um, I know they can return their empty bottles. And what does that process look like? That's a pretty cool idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you. It's something that we definitely have live. And I think we're we're continuing to work to flesh out to make it like more accessible and easy for the customer. But we choose plastic packaging for a myriad of myriad of reasons you know whether it's you know less emissions when it's shipping because they're lighter less damages less waste a lot of things like that um and then there's some post-consumer recycled plastics that we can get into down the road but with that we do know that it's like you know i know i'm somebody like i hate just like using a plastic bottle and kind of getting rid of it fortunately i can you know with like reuse stuff for like samples and stuff like that in my house and so i was like you know i think there's a way that we can really tap into this to where customers can return their clean bottles we take it a step further obviously do a full you know clean and sanitization process um and reuse them because we also try to keep similar packaging shapes and sizes across our products so that they are mm-hmm. easily reused like our cleansers our toners they're all the exact same bottle so it's like if you return one it can either go to a toner or a cleanser you know and we have a lot yeah. more flexibility there and so that was the goal just to kind of you know continue to try to impact and, and lengthen that life cycle of the bottles and the jars that we are using because they are so standard um, because we can use them across a lot of different products it makes it really easy for us to reuse those once we sanitize them um, and so yeah that's the goal is like having folks return their empties to us we send them a gift card um, depending on how many they send they get you know a different variant varying mm-hmm. amount of like a gift card um, and then we get to you know reuse them and And, you know, I mean, even in this supply chain situation going on right now, it doesn't hurt to ever have, you know, some more packaging on hand. Definitely. That's amazing. So I like to conclude each episode with this. Uh, If you can share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, maybe something you've learned or regret, uh, what would you say that would be? Yeah, um, I I feel like this is always my go to. But somebody who's when you're just getting started um, is focus. I there's just so many things to do. And, and I remind myself of this to this day, you know, to, to focus in. There's so many things to do. Um, there's so many ways to build a brand um, that really focusing in is going to be, you know, your best bet for, for growth and knowing like what's moving the needle. Um, it's really easy to just kind of like check things off the list or, or do a ton of stuff at once. Um, and just be okay at like a lot of things instead of mm. just being really good at one thing. And um, I'm, I'm a super focused person. And even with like, I talk to friends who have like so many different ventures and so many things going on and I'm always so inspired by them, but I'm like, like everything I do is like Rosen or like Rosen adjacent. And yeah. um, 
but I think it's part of like, you know, where our growth has been and, and everything, because I do try to focus in on what we're doing. And, and even in that, if it's like, Hey, let's maybe not do TikTok and Instagram and Pinterest and Twitter, you know, like all the socials, like let's pick one, let's pick up like type of content and get really good at it. And then, you know, kind of run that dry. And so I think that's my biggest thing is like finding the buckets to focus in and even niching down from there so that you can really start to measure your results and know what's working and what's not. Definitely. Well, Jamika, thank you so much for joining me. And to the listeners out there, make sure to check out Rosen Skincare at rosenskincare.com. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.